0: The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition.
1: Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Radio Show, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, the effects of depression can be devastating, and sometimes people don't even realize they're suffering. Today, we'll discuss ways you can help combat those feelings through a natural, healthy approach. Plus, later, we'll find out what's new at Mother's Market and what's happening around town. First up, we're pleased to welcome back one of the foremost authorities when it comes to a healthy body, Lee Erin Keneally. MD, has been practicing medicine for almost 25 years. She's the founder and medical director of the Center for New Medicine located in Irvine, California, as well as the medical advisor for perfectly healthy products, and we welcome her back to the Mother's Radio Show. Dr. Keneally, how are you?
0: Well, great to see you, Kim. Again, it's wonderful to be doing the Mother's Radio Show. I just love mothers because, you know, they're just always trying to reach out and do everything possible to make people healthy. And, you know, it's amazing how many patients know about mothers. Like, everyone knows about mothers. I mean, it's an establishment. And so it's just great that they have extended their um, and you know, desire to, you know, to the community to really, really educate and also provide wonderful food and services.
1: Why don't you fill our audience in a little bit on your mission and work before we get to the show's topic? It's the mission of myself and the Center
0: uh, for New Medicine to educate and empower individuals and their families to live the best life possible. You know, most people walk around not feeling well, and we want to give people their life back.
1: Today, we are talking about anxiety and depression, and as you said, giving people their lives back. Well, there's some different numbers out there, and it's been reported that over 15 million Americans suffer from depression. That's quite a few people out there that are affected from depression and anxiety, and we do, as you say, want to give people their life back. So, Dr. Keneally, what are the common signs of anxiety and depression?
0: Well, anxiety and depression, and we can kind of lump stress in there too, because I think anxiety, depression, stress. So your number went from 15 million to about what, 150 million? (laughs) So, because that's what you kind of lump it all in. People will say, you know, I'm really stressed, but it manifests itself in anxiety or depression or both. And so I think that um, it's a real dilemma. And you know what the, the, the thing about it is, it's just like diabetes. You know, a lot of people just don't know they have diabetes. A lot of people have depression and don't know it. And a lot of people have anxiety and don't know it. And so it is a huge problem, but it's amazing the things that we can do to help someone get through their anxiety and depression. A lot of people think they have to maybe pop a pill like Xanax or Valium, or they've got to go to their doctor and get Prozac or one of those kinds of medicines. But there is so much that we can do to alleviate the signs and really really, truly treat the the illness. And when a person comes in with anxiety, you know, you think maybe they're just going to tell you like, exactly, I'm anxious. Actually, that's not the case at all. People will say, you know, they're restless or they're having heart palpitations or their shortness of breath or they can't sleep. Or they have poor concentration. So it may not be exclusively, I'm anxious and I think I have anxiety. Very few people, I mean, lots of people end up in the emergency room thinking they're having a heart attack and really are having an anxiety attack. So we have to be really, really careful as physicians to, first of all, make sure that someone is not suffering from a life-threatening illness and they truly have anxiety. So wonderful things, though, in the emergency rooms today, we know very quickly if someone's having an heart attack.
1: So that naturally leads into our next question, and that is really, how are anxiety and depression diagnosed?
0: Well, for me, anxiety, I have a great little questionnaire that I give my patients, And it's called the mood questionnaire. And I have them fill it out because sometimes they're in the exam room and they don't communicate how they truly feel or they don't know how to communicate how they truly feel. So I usually give the patients a little mood questionnaire and I can tell very quickly, very quickly what I would use as a remedy for that. And so so depression... I tell people is a, an illness like diabetes. It's not like, it's not like, you know, you're going to be that you're a bad person because you're anxious or depressed. This is a true illness. And you know, we're all born. Like I saw a patient today. I've seen her. She lives in San Diego and I've seen her for probably, oh gosh, 10 years. And she drives up to see me because we had a developed a special relationship and she feels very comfortable with me and i and i it's i really appreciate that and i and i understand that because she knows that i can decipher but today she came in to say and you know she goes really Dr. Kelly i just i you know i really i'm really an anxious person and i finally come here i am around 50 and i really feel that i'm just an anxiety written person and she goes you know and i said she goes I told her, I said, you know, you're kind of born like that. I said, you really are. And I said, so you're learning what you have to learn how to do is manage it as opposed to it managing you. Because I said, God made you this way. And it's not like, don't hit yourself over the head because you have it. We're going to teach you how to manage it. So that kind of person would need meditation. They can use little things like 5-HTP, which stands for 5 hydroxy helps which helps you be very calm and peaceful during the day. And so, But there's nothing wrong with that. I tell people, this is who you are. Don't beat yourself up because of who you are. And if you're depression, please seek help. Please. And when you go to the doctor, be truthful and honest with them. And if that person isn't listening, go to another person. Because there's someone who's going to be able to help you and listen to you.
1: How can we prevent anxiety and stress? Can you address that? First and foremost...
0: Sleeping well, it's kind of interesting. I always ask patients, I said, What do you think people in the year nineteen hundred, how many hours did they sleep? And they always go, Oh, probably nine or ten. I said, Yes, because they didn't have TV and computers and all these things to keep you wired and wide awake. And they didn't have all the electricity in their bedrooms. I said, But we're the electrical generation. People electric electricity was invented. And so now we're all awake and stimulated by the dirty electricity and the desire to immediately and constantly stay in communication with our phones and computers and TV and email, et cetera. And so that is probably the first thing, but get a good night's sleep. So what is a good night's sleep? I would say about eight hours. I would say a person needs to sleep eight hours and eight hours doesn't mean going to sleep and waking up two hours later. Or three hours later, or five hours. Because a lot of people, you'll say, you'll, I look on their questionnaire, I go, okay, how, m- how many hours did you sleep? How many times did you wake up? They'll go, they wake up at two or three times. No, that is not sleeping. Sleeping is going to bed at 10 p.m. and waking up at 6 a.m. That's sleeping eight hours. And the reason why you need that, because your brain is repairing, your body is repairing, you're getting chemical balancing from a good night's sleep. So I would say the first and foremost thing is that beautiful, peaceful sleep. Let's talk about other things. Diet. What do people eat? You have to eat your medicines. Period. I tell everyone this. It's like I have a cancer patient. I go, you have to eat your chemotherapy. You have to eat life-sustaining food. And life-sustaining food that has wonderful life force and wonderful ingredients to keep your biochemistry alive, period. There's no way of getting out of this. You can't eat dead food every day, every meal. Occasionally you're going to eat dead food, occasionally, but you are can't eat, you have to eat live food. You have to eat live fruits and vegetables. You have to eat things that have life force. So if you want to make brain chemicals that make you happy and balanced and in control and not losing it and good concentration, you have to eat a balance of fruits and vegetables. You have to eat proteins because proteins are the building blocks. Those were the amino acids. And all the brain chemicals are made from amino acids like serotonin, like turkey is made from, uh, it makes tryptophan. Pumpkin seeds make tryptophan. A lot of our food makes the brain chemicals that makes us happy and glad and and calm and peaceful. And so if you don't have good fats, if you don't have good essential fatty acids like fish oils, Like Udo's organic oils, flax seeds, pecans, and walnuts, and pumpkin seeds, all those sorts are are essential fatty acids. And they're called essential because you have to have them. They're not called essential because that's just the name. They're essential because you have to have them. So you have to have this beautiful balance of good carbohydrates, which are fruits and vegetables, your protein, which is meat, chicken, fish, eggs, raw cheese, beans those kinds of things and then you've got to have fats and people are always confused about fats and fats they think fats make you fat no oreo cookies make you fat cereal makes you fat and cheetos make you fat and potato chips and this dead bread that you eat makes you fat So if you want to be alive and functioning and have good brain, good immune system, we're talking about brain and anxiety and depression, you have to eat foods that nourish that neurochemistry of the brain to make it work.
1: Oh, my. Did you say sleep? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> I, the sleep thing, of course. But I know there are so many more other f- uh, factors. What are the most effective anxiety and depression treatments? Uh, what else can you say?
0: So there's lots of other little remedies, too, that besides. OK, we have to start with sleep. I tell people before I fix anything, we have to fix sleep. Then your diet. And I, I people really need to be mindful of their diet. But the other really critical thing is exercise. And it was interesting. I had a guy come in today and he works at Parker Hennepin. And he was saying, oh God, Dr. King, I just cannot sit for nine hours on my desk all day. I have to get up because I get ADD and I can't think and I can't concentrate. And I said, you know, That shows you the power of exercise. Because what happens when you go exercise? What happens? Your head clears. You feel calm. You get peaceful. Your circulation has helped you get oxygen to your body. What a concept. And we now, because we are the electrical generation, everybody sits to do everything. No, you have to be a moving machine. You have to move all the time. Every chance you get, it doesn't matter. I remember when I had twins and I hit my twins are now 17 and a half. And it's kind of interesting. When they became potty trained, I started putting on weight because they did not need my services of changing the 100 diapers a day anymore. So it is very important to keep your body moving. And I tell people five minutes is better than zero minutes. So they say, I don't have time. Everybody has time for five minutes of exercise. Get up and move. And let's say you get tired after five minutes. Do five minutes three times a day. But you have to exercise. It's not something optional. The reason why you have muscles all over your body and your brain is because it's designed to move.
1: Okay, so we've handled sleep, diet, exercise. Oh gosh, we can talk so much about this because uh, it's got you got the trifecta going about uh, about depression and anxiety and we have so much more to talk about interesting information dr keneally as always you amaze me and everybody else right now we have to go take a quick break we will be right back don't go any. looking for healthier snack options mother's market sources organic and non-gmo small batch high quality great tasting nuts dried fruits snacks and candy the goal to provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value Welcome back to the Mother's Market Radio Show. And we want to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download the show from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click the link on radio and listen to the past shows. Plus, download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons. Don't forget those. All available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with Dr. Keneally. We're talking about anxiety and depression and what you can do to better understand and treat the problem. So Dr. C, oh you've talked all about getting enough sleep and exercise and our diets and giving us all those tools to just uh, get us back into shape here as far as our depression and anxiety. Okay, so Dr. C, what are the most effective anxiety and depression treatments?
0: The best way to treat anxiety and depression, there's lots of things out there, besides that we talked about earlier, is stress, I mean, excuse me, sleeping and diet and exercise. But supplement-wise, I love to use uh, essential fatty acids. For my patients who don't mind fish oils, I give them fish oils. And if they don't like fish, I use a vegetarian formula usually of like Udo's organic oils. So, lots of those you know they usually come in thousand milligram pills, and so I usually use oh gosh, anywhere from six to ten thousand milligrams a day there's no downside or danger to using visuals it 's just wonderful for every single cell in your body. then the next thing I would use for depression and anxiety and depre- for anxiety and depression is um, a good multivitamin, a good multi because a good multi provides the you know, energetic resources for all the cells to work. Uh, another thing is B-complex. B-complex has complex helps the nervous system. And so uh, we, and it helps in the transmission of nerve impulses. So that's also very beneficial. Now, if we talk about some targeted nutrients for depression, there's lots of different things that have been very well studied. If you look at St. John's wort, which is an herb, a wonderful herb that has been, I've used St. John's work for probably over 15 years for depression. Also, 5-HTP, which is sold at every health food store, called 5-hydroxytryptophan. It's absolutely wonderful for anxiety, for depression, for cravings, for addictions. And it, it works immediately. It works As soon as you take it, it works within 30 minutes. You have GABA, GABA aminobutyric acid which is just an, another amino acid that works great for anxiety and stress. It's, I call people, it's our natural value. GABA, don't forget that those people out there are stressed out at this very moment. And then you have um, you have something called uh, norepinephrine and epinephrine. And a lot of times you can use phenylalanine and tyrosine. Those two amino acids help you make those happy hormones. There is a great herb called mucuna, macunabine. bean b- makes great dopamine. Well, dopamine is I want to feel good. I want to find pleasure, reward in things. And that really helps your dopamine production. So there's so many just natural
1: things. And well, one of those things you always talk about is the PMA, positive mental attitude.
0: Well, PMA, positive mental attitude is always important. In fact, I had to tell a a guy today he was in a funk and I said you know what first of all you need to think you need to have an attitude of gratitude first and foremost and I said think about you know just think about reality I go I go you're walking in here with tennis shoes you have pants on you have a shirt on you have a job you have a watch I go I don't know I don't think I don't think you're in too bad a shape I said you had food today and I said how many people how many little kids die a day from no food so I said you know get an attitude of gratitude Then um, also meditation. Meditation is wonderful for really everything. Meditation means to establish order. And we all need order in our lives. And so because the world is chaotic, and so the more order we have, the better our minds and bodies function. So and meditation has a plethora of studies showing the actual benefits of meditation. So a lot of times I'll give my patients a meditation tape to regularly use. And so, um, uh, and 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 people can just meditate. They go, well, you know, I pray, Dr. King, and I go, well, praying is communicating, meditation is listening. So I said, there's a very big difference. So it's great to pray, but we we need to be quiet and also meditate and listen because we all don't take enough inventory of ourselves and say, okay, what is? Let me take. Let's just do some self inventory. What's really really happening with me? because that's how you're going to be able to take care of yourself in a complete holistic way when you yourself take inventory, because we also have to think we're not just affecting ourselves; We're affecting the guy next to us, the woman next to us. We're affecting our family. And if we're out of order, they're going to be out of order because this is a universe and we're all universally connected. So we all need to learn how to live peacefully, harmoniously, and lovingly all the time.
1: Well that's for sure, because if it mama's not happy then nobody's happy. <laughs> that's what I like to say in my household. Peacefully, harmoniously and lovingly. Okay, well then, then that goes right into the next question. And what is uh, cortisol? Let's talk about that and how is that related to stress? Cortisol. Cortisol. What is cortisol?
0: Everybody's heard of cortisol these days, especially the last three years, you know, we've had outrageous stress. So everybody's making a little extra cortisol. And, you know, you hear those commercials, oh, manage your cortisol with this herb or this thing, and because it'll help you lose weight. Well, you know, it's kind of true. But cortisol is that hormone made by our adrenal glands. And our little adrenal glands, they're little but quite mighty and powerful. And people don't know about adrenal glands because really doctors never discuss it. It's never talked about unless you really seek out and read about it. But the adrenal glands are glands that sit on top of our kidneys, like little walnuts or like little hats, however you want to do it. But they make hundreds of hormones, unlike any other gland in the body. The adrenals are powerful hormones, and it's what keeps you alive. If you had no cortisol, you wouldn't wake up. If you didn't have any adrenal glands, you literally would not be alive. You would not be living. So cortisol is very important for keeping you alive, and too much of it isn't good. So what happens if you get too much of it? Well, how do you get too much of it? Well, you get too much of it is when your body gets stressed. When you have just experienced a car accident, wow, the cortisol is flooding your body and every cell in your body. But what's so bad about that? Well, what's so bad about that is cortisol makes you sick. It interferes with healing. You can't think. It destroys brain cells, increases your cancer risk. It is not good for you. Makes you gain weight, okay, and who, what woman and what man on the planet today needs any help doing that? So cortisol, chronically elevated levels of cortisol are not good for you at all. It's, you've got to manage it and control it.
1: Okay. Well, that goes right into the next question, and that is about adrenal fatigue. What is that, and how does stress affect adrenal fatigue?
0: When a patient comes in the office, they're fatigued, right? So you're trying to figure okay, like why are you fatigued? Like what is it? Well, one big area that I always check is hormones because hormones are so – they're the natural drugs of your body, and they could control – Every single function of your body. And we if we look at one in particular, adrenals. The adrenal glands make over a hundred hormones. And when patients' adrenals, like let's say they had chronic stress for five years, okay, so they have make extra <clears throat> adrenal glands and they make extra cortisol and extra of everything. And then all of a sudden, what happens? One day, boom, crash the adrenals crash. And I know everybody can relate to that because it's like, you know what? It's hard to move one foot in front of the other. But they experienced like literally an adrenal crash. And what is that? It's like, You're not making cortisol. Well, what does cortisol do? Well, cortisol allows you to wake up. It helps you to keep your blood pressure controlled. It helps you control your heart rate. It controls your sugar level. It controls your circulation. It controls how much blood gets to your brain. I mean, you know, just like everything. So you just do not feel good if you don't have great, adequate cortisol production. So this adrenal fatigue that you're experiencing is just that wiped out feeling. And I exercise and I feel horrible. Okay. That is just not normal.
1: So, what kind of stress do we do people feel in their everyday lives?
0: Every person and everybody has the potential to be stressed with their job. Let's say you have the salesperson. Sales is like every day, every day, every day. We gotta make, you know, we gotta make so much sales in order to have my job or to have an income. Because some people in their sales job, their whole income is related to how much sales they do. It's not; they don't have a guaranteed salary. Or or let's talk about um, the doctor who has to, the neurosurgeon who has to perform brain surgery on someone 11 hours, okay? You know, it's hard to be calm under those circumstances. Or let's say someone is a race car driver and a race car driver, okay? Now, granted, he's not stressed the whole time preparing, but when he's in that race car, I mean, he has got to have that, you know, surge of adrenaline and cortisol producing. If you have a a, a guy, a, a cop who is constantly under Okay, constantly, okay, under severe situations where they've got you know a gunshot or they're doing a car chasing or there's just you know a, a fire. I mean you're gonna have you're gonna have extreme levels of cortisol. and then when people have to perform, they have to perform for eight hours straight, you know, under extreme duress. And so you have these elevated cortisol levels and then yes, you do crash after that. And if your body does not have a really good adaptation, to To that change, I mean, some people, you know, I mean, they just can, you know, ramble through life and it's, you know, they're fine, but there's other people they need. First of all, rest, rest helps you rest helps replenish. But at the same time, there are nourishing ingredients that you may need to take to strengthen and enhance your adrenal glands. They have these class of herbs called adaptogens, like ashwagandha and rhodiola. And those are great, wonderful herbs that help you adapt to all the extreme highs and lows of life.
1: That's such a great tip, Dr. C. And that really does go along with what you told us earlier about getting enough sleep, diet, and exercise.
0: Well, sleep, diet, and exercise is the foundation for you to handle life in general. So you need to do that foundational Uh, That's like I told the cancer patient today. I said, I'm trying to, we're trying to fight your cancer, but all these other body parts aren't working. Uh, How are you going to fight the cancer if the other body parts aren't working? So, and so that's what patients, because they go to their doctor and their doctor says, Oh, you have this cancer. Let me blast you with this bombshell chemo. Okay. Meanwhile, their kidney's not working. Well, I mean, how's that going to work? No, it's not going to work. So, what would you do if you're experiencing stress, anxiety, and depression? Get eight hours sleep. And make sure your sleep is a sleep sanctuary, that you're actually sleeping. Eat foods that have vibrant energy and have wonderful ingredients that nourishing and strengthening your body. Exercise. Even if you have five minutes, exercise. Every chance you have the opportunity to move, move your body. And last, probably but not least, is meditate. Meditate and connect with nature. The best way we have to live in this hustle-bustle world with electrical activity going on all over, is to connect with nature. Walk on sand, walk on dirt, walk on natural stone, touch a flower, hug a tree. Oh,
1: Well, that is so important, and I totally agree with you. Touch a tree, watch a sunset, and uh, it's great information. I loved chatting with you, and, of course, I love how you always tell it like it is. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Keneally, and we look forward to having you on again. In the meantime, you can catch more of Dr. Keneally on her radio show, Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise, on Sirius XM channel 131, or visit her online at perfectlyhealthy.net. We look forward to our next visit. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market Radio Show and for shopping at Mother's Market.